that's the scene setter for you. That's one of my favorite Easter songs. Um, that's why we're here this morning. We're going to celebrate the fact that Jesus is risen. Hallelujah. Christ is risen. Welcome, welcome to our service this morning. We're going to begin uh, singing ourselves. Um, from, it's from the old uh, hymn book, if you've got it. The words will all be on the screen. Jesus Christ is risen today. Hallelujah. Our triumphant holy day. Hallelujah. Let's give praise to our Lord. Father, what a beautiful morning to come together and worship you as we as we remember what you've done for us, as we remember um, that you sent Jesus to die for us. But on this, this morning, 2,000 years ago, you raised him back to glorious life. And you gave us hope and you offered us reconciliation and salvation. Father, thank you. Thank you that you love us so much. Thank you that, uh, that this day is a day of hope and of life. And uh, thank you that we can meet together in this way, in freedom and in safety and in fellowship to worship you and to praise you and to thank you uh, on this Easter morning. Lord Jesus, thank you for what you did. We praise you that, uh, that you are alive and that you're our saviour. And we thank you for being here with us this morning. Father, please uh, bless everything we do this morning and hear our prayers and hear our worship uh, and be with us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, it's brilliant uh, to be able to talk to a full church. Never know at Easter whether people are going to be well um, or not. Thank you for coming. It's, uh, it's great to be able to, to share this, this celebration with you. Um, I'd particularly like to welcome uh, the following. We've got uh, Paul and Penny and Joanna Lyon from Southport. Great, great to see you here with us. Um, great to welcome Maureen Marshall. Um, great to see Dan. Uh, great to see Robin Rose. Great to see Richard and Ali and Chloe from Leeds. Um, great to see a clan of uh, kitchens, etc. Welcome. And it's great to see Pauline. Um, I have to apologise, Pauline. I didn't recognise you. Great to see Pauline Price here for the first time in a long time. Welcome. Good to see you. And thank you, Andrew. Marion has been visited uh, in the week. She's quite poorly but remains in good spirits and is pleased to hear from people. Jack came home from hospital last Sunday and has been visited every day by several people each day. Jack seems to be making good progress and he can certainly talk. I can <laughs> testify to that. I couldn't get a word in edgeways when I went. Um, He's making good progress. Thank you for the, good, for the uh, good response to the appeal for visitors and for letting Andrew know of intended visits. This enables Jack to see people throughout the day rather than um, bunches of people arriving um, all at the same time and then perhaps no visitors for a day or so. As I said, Pauline's here. Great to see Pauline. Um, there's no further news from Rob Mills. We hope his treatment is going well. Um, and Andrew says, we're conscious that several of our members are finding things hard at the moment and we pray they're strengthened through these difficult days. So that's, that's our announcements. Uh, we're going to pray together again in a moment, but is there any issue that anybody else would like me to, well, would, you'd like to raise and us pray about this morning? For, for this time and this family um, who we meet together with this morning. You know 
all our hearts, you know all the things that are going on in our lives, and we know that you have us in in your hands, in the palm of your hands, and that you um, care for us. We know that things don't always go as we expect or easily, um, but we trust, Lord, that you have a plan for us and that you know best, and we, we put our lives in your hands. But we know that you hear prayer as well, and Father, we, uh, we pray this morning for um, Phil's daddy in, for his asthma and his back, and we pray that, uh, that you will um, be close to him and, and heal him as we know you can. We pray for Tim as he starts a new job this week. Help Tim to, to shine with his new colleagues uh, so that they'll know that he is yours. And we pray that, that that will go well and you'll, you'll bless Tim in that. Uh, we pray for um, the friends of, of our friend who turn up on Tuesday. I, I don't know what their problems are. You know, Lord. And we pray that you will uh, help them and that they will feel that you are close to them in some way and, uh, and that that will improve the situation. We pray for Jack. We pray that you'll continue to... Uh, to speed his recovery and that we'll see him back here soon um, and that we'll be able to continue to support him uh, through this this uh, rehabilitation period. Um, we pray for all, all our other members who who are here or who aren't here who are, who are struggling. We pray you'll be with Rob and, and uh, that we may be allowed to help him um, as, as he needs and is necessary. And Lord, I want to thank you that, uh, that Sam Firth has managed to, to stay in school without any problems for the last three weeks. And we pray that uh, that, that will continue and that you'll, you'll be with him and help him to, uh, to stay there and, and not get into trouble and learn. And uh, Lord, on this, on this day where we celebrate Jesus resurrection we we look forward as well to when you'll send him again because we know this world is full of uh, difficulties and uh, evil and tragedies and we know that the Lord Jesus is the only answer to that so we pray uh, that you will be with us in in all the things we do here as your church this coming week and and for as long as we have until Jesus comes back but we pray that you will send your son back soon and we pray that in his name amen the last time I was up here um, was this Sunday straight after Christmas, um, and you may remember we spent some time, if you're here, um, we spent some time thinking about the impact that uh, the amazing circumstances around Jesus' birth had on various people. So we thought about the shepherds, um, the Magi, Mary, Jesus' mother. Um, we looked at the impact he had during his childhood um, on the teachers in the temple, for example, and we looked at the impacts he had during his ministry on the people he encountered, or the people who encountered him. So the outcasts and the tax collectors, those um, simple living fishermen, those who were helpless or blind or leprous, those with mental health issues. And we looked at the impact that he had when he died. We looked at the impact he had on um, the soldier at the foot of the cross, on his disciples, on his mother. The big impact... Is how I described it. Jesus' death. God's way of showing us the extent of his love for us um, and the extent to which he wants us to be reconciled to him. 
And that is obviously what we'll remember in a while when we share um, this bread and wine together. But this morning, it's Easter morning, and we're celebrating Jesus' resurrection, and uh, we're going to look briefly again at the impact that his resurrection had on his friends and has on us. So that's kind of where we're going. Um, We're going to start by reading together from John's account of the resurrection, and Becky is going to read that for us. Early, on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They've taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they've put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked at the at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter, who was behind him, arrived and went into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the burial cloth that had been round Jesus' head. The cloth was folded up by itself, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to their homes, but Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the feet. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They've taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they've put him. At this, she turned round and saw Jesus standing there. But she did not realise it was Jesus. Woman, he said, why are you crying? Who is it you're looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've put him and I will get him. Jesus said to him, sorry, Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned towards him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet returned to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am returning to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. Thank you, Becky. Imagine Mary's distress. Her lord and her friend, a couple of days previously, had been brutally treated and killed. They'd had to put him in the tomb without being able to uh, properly attend to his body with the spices and the oils in the way that they uh, wanted to and was customary. So this is her chance. She, she gets up early. She makes her way from her home before the dawn. Um, we learn from the other Gospels that she probably met some of the other women. And uh, as they approach the tomb, they can see that the stone's been rolled away. And her immediate thought is that someone's removed Jesus' body and she's not going to be able to provide that last act of service for him that she wanted to. So she runs to find Peter and John to tell them. And they leg it as fast as they can to investigate. Mary follows at her own pace, weeping and devastated. Um, This time she makes it to the tomb and she looks inside and... There are two angels in there. 
It says, in white. Not an everyday occurrence, is it? But John records nothing of any, any surprise on Mary's part. She's, she's too upset. In Luke, uh, it says the women are frightened and um, bowed down to the ground. But in John, we're just told of the angel's kind-sounding inquiry. Why are you crying? And Mary explains her confusion and her pain at the body being gone. And then she turns to see another figure with another kindly question. Blinded by her tears, perhaps she thinks it's one of Joseph's, Joseph Arimathea's staff, maybe. And, uh, and she begs him to let her attend to her Lord. She's desolate. And then he speaks her name. I can imagine how her heart leapt as she realised who was before her. I wonder if the fact that Jesus says, do not hold on to me, means that she was clung tightly to him. Um, Her tears of grief will become tears of overwhelming joy and relief. And I also wonder how long it was actually before she did go to tell the others. Jesus tells her to go and tell the others. I can't imagine she was easily persuaded to leave. Um, I don't know. I wonder if Jesus was the one who left at that point, maybe, to go to his father. Whatever. The impact of the resurrection on Mary was that of of turning her inconsolable grief into unbelievable joy, wasn't it? It's easy to forget when we read this that we know the story, don't we? Mary didn't. Her Lord had been dead and now she knew he was alive again. What a morning. Let's let's sing together again. We're going to sing a song called See What a Morning and uh, I'm going to ask the band if we'll just play play it through um, first and then we'll sing it together. We're doing two verses, Tony. Just two. Peter, being Peter, um, when Mary and the women told him about the tomb, ran as fast as he could to investigate. Um, Now John beat him to it, but John didn't go in the tomb, we read. Peter, when he got there, barged past, went straight into the tomb. And he saw the grave clothes, and it says folded separately the burial cloth that had been around Jesus' head. And it says, and then he went back to his home. Luke says that he went on his way, wondering to himself what had happened. What was going through his mind? If, if someone had stolen the body, why would they have unwrapped it and folded the headcloth? Why would someone take the body anyway? When Lazarus was raised by Jesus, he he came out of the tomb still wrapped in all the grave clothes. When Lazarus was raised, what if... Again, we know the story, don't we? Peter didn't. His Lord was dead. But something very strange was going on that needed some logical thought to be applied to it. And he went on his way. 
John got to the tomb before Peter, but as we know, didn't go in initially. He stood in the doorway and peered in, and he saw the strips of the grave clothes lying there. What was it went through his mind? He doesn't tell us his, his immediate thoughts on seeing the grave clothes. Um, but when Peter bustled past him, he, he finally got the courage to enter the tomb and take in the scene and assess the evidence. And then he tells us, he saw and believed. He tells us that they still didn't understand from scripture that Jesus would rise from the dead. He didn't understand, but he believed. We know the story. John didn't. His Lord was dead, but he saw the discarded grave clothes and he believed Jesus was alive. So what's the impact on us? What, what is our response um, to that story? Is it relief and overwhelming joy? Is it the need to find a logical explanation? Is it unhesitating belief? It might be all of those, might not it? What a blessing it is to know when we read uh, what we're told in God's word. What a blessing to understand what the disciples didn't then yet understand. That Jesus had to rise from the dead. What a blessing to understand, if only in part, what it's all about, this amazing story. The story's about God wanting us to be reconciled to him, isn't it? About our Father uh, wanting us to come close to him. So how do we get close to him? Can we get close to him in an aeroplane? How high can an aeroplane go? Close enough to get to God? What about a rocket? If we go in a rocket in space, can we get close to God? No? That's how we get close to God. The only way to get close to God is through the cross of Jesus. But the cross without the resurrection is only half the story, isn't it? In Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 15, we read uh, that if Christ had not been raised, our faith is useless, it's futile. But Christ has been raised, and through our belief in him, we too will be raised. Uh, Romans 4 says that Jesus was delivered over to death for our sins and raised to life for our justification. We are we're put right with God. We're justified, put right with God through the resurrection. And Romans 5 uh, says this, For if, when we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his Son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? And that is what we celebrate today. We're going to sing again. We're going to sing uh, another couple of songs. Thank you for saving me. And then we're going to sing I Believe in Jesus. And then we're going to share bread and wine. That's what we believe, isn't it? We believe in Jesus. He died for our sins. He's raised again. And I believe he's here now with us. And uh, we're going to share a meal together. Um, like he asked us to. And like he asked his disciples to. Um, and for all those of us who are disciples of Jesus... 
we're going to share this bread and remember his sacrifice. And we're going to share this wine um, and remember that we're forgiven. Charles, come and lead our thanks, please. Father God, here we are. The darkness of the past three days has cleared. You have risen your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, and hope is reignited. The light has been turned on again. Father, like those disciples, sometimes we find it difficult to believe. Sometimes we struggle, we don't understand. But this hope, it changes everything. It changes every aspect of our lives, Lord, and the light, it shines on everything. It's infectious and we can't let go. Lord, we think of what this cost as we take this bread. We think of that broken body that you restored to life. And the cost that keeps on being given. Those disciples who struggle to believe, infected by hope, went into the world. They gave themselves and they died, sometimes in horrible ways, because this hope was so infectious. Lord, help us never to leave this hope behind. And help us to see and have our hearts reach out to where there is darkness in this world and to bring that light and bring that hope to bear that you have given to us this day. Amen. Jesus said, take, eat this bread. This is my body given for you. Come and lead our thanks for the wine, please. Loving Heavenly Father, what an amazing morning this is. Brothers and sisters, in Christ, thinking about and being so very, very thankful for Jesus' life, his death, and his wonderful, amazing resurrection. What a privilege it is to be here to share our faith, our love, and the privilege we have of knowing the full story of your word, your wonderful word of truth, and having this in our hearts and feeling this joy today and every day when we worship you, Heavenly Father. We are truly, truly thankful that we are privileged to know Jesus on a day-to-day basis until that wonderful day when Jesus returns to this earth to make this world beautiful. What a privilege it is, Heavenly Father, to be here to share this moment, to share this wine, which is so, so precious to us. We thank you. Our hearts are full of love for you, Heavenly Father, for Jesus, and for each other. What a blessing it is to have this moment to share. So please be with us always, Heavenly Father, until that wonderful day when you do make this world perfect 
when Jesus returns. Amen. Which reminds us of his bloodshed for our sins. I have this picture in my head of the angels in the days when Jesus was in the tomb. There's no scriptural basis for this. This is just in my head. But I want to share it with you. I don't know whether the angels were fully up to speed with with the plan. I guess there might have been. When Jesus died, there were three hours of darkness in the middle of the day. There was an earthquake, and the curtain of the temple was torn from the top to the bottom. There was serious drama. Almost angry protest, wasn't there, from the earth and from the sun. And then it all goes quiet. And I can picture the angels holding the breath, looking at each other, thinking, surely that's not it. Surely that's not the end of the story. Waiting impatiently. And then they got their signal and they breathed again. We know that when the shepherds were told about Jesus' birth, a great host of angels celebrated in the skies above Bethlehem, don't we? And I can't believe there wasn't a raucous, rapturous celebration amongst those angels. What we do know is there was another earthquake, and an angel rolled away the stone. Did angels help Jesus out of his grave clothes, grinning in their joy? Were the angels that the women encountered shining bright with God's glory, or were they shining bright with joy and delighted celebration? I don't know, but I like that thought. Do we shine bright with joy and celebration at his resurrection? In, uh, in that service I mentioned before after Christmas, we read a meditation about making our mark as we live our lives, and trying to make that mark the mark of the cross, you might remember to show Jesus' love. I, uh, we play football each Monday. I made a mark last Monday at football, responded badly to something, lost my temper, and made a complete fool of myself, and I made the wrong sort of mark. So it's been, because of that, it's been in my mind this week that my challenge, again, is to make marks that are marks of the cross, but also to try and shine brightly with the joy that, that we get from celebrating this day. Sun's out. He's risen. Because today is about celebration, isn't it? It's about celebrating the greatest day in history. About celebrating that Jesus is alive. And we're going to close in celebration by singing uh, two songs together. Thank you for being here. You're, it's been such a privilege to hear you worship this morning. It has been a fabulous sound. Um, thank you to the band. Thank you to those people who have read and prayed. Uh, but thank you for being here. So we're going to close in prayer. Andrew's going to lead our prayer. Thank you, Andrew. After we've sung um, a celebration that he has risen, and then we're going to sing um, There is a Redeemer. Here that was written centuries ago, but it brings again the hope that is in the risen Lord. Let's pray. If you were not risen, Lord, to whom would we go? To discover a radiance 
of the face of God. If you were not risen, we would not be together seeking your communion. We would not find in your presence forgiveness, wellspring of a new beginning. If you were not risen, where would we draw the energy for following you right to the end of our existence, for choosing you again and anew? Father God, be with us and in us now, through the coming days, that we might carry on the hope that is in the risen Lord into the days that remain ahead. Be with us all, strengthening and renewing, for we know you are a faithful God, for which we thank you in Jesus. Amen.